You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, joined by Daniel. And as always, Daniel, I want to know, what are you loving? I'm going back. Allie, going back today, because I just was reminded of this. I went on a hike recently, and I was talking to teens for a long time. It was like an all-day hike, mm. and you need things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, you're walking and talking. <laughs> you kind of run yeah. out of stuff. So there's a game called Green Glass Door. Oh, Have yes. I ever played this with you? Yes, you have. And you don't need anything for it. It's just a it's a little mind trick game. So Are you going to spoil it? Or are you going to tell I everyone? think I have to cuz people have to These know how to play it. These games drive me nuts they do. if I'm not in but on it. But you can play for as long as you want. So basically, I have a green glass door. Only certain things can go through it. Other things can't. So for instance, Allie can go through but the Parsleys can't. Mm-hmm. That's Allie's last name. <laughs> Daniel can't go through, but the Millers can. Mm. Tennis can go through, but the racket can't. Mm-hmm. So anything with double letters. So if you think of the name of the game, green has two E's, glass has two S's, door has two O's. So anything with double letters can go through. Yeah. Apples can go through, but oranges can't go through. Right. Mm-hmm. You're so smart. Ah, so it's a just a, it's a quick game. And then you can keep playing for as long as you want. And the, the way game that, is that you're listing things yeah. and people are trying to also get through the green glass door and they're guessing, but you're like, oh, nope, can't get through because they don't know what the rule is. They don't. And then when they think they know what the rule is, you say, well, oh, you can't ask me. You have to try one mm-hmm. and see if you get it. Um, and that way you can, you can play as long as you want. You can give it away at some point if you want, although I do not recommend that. Uh, I'm always the last. It's great in groups. <laughs> it is in a hike game, but I'm always the last one to get those mind Good games. Good one for drives road me trips. Crazy. Yeah. When you're stuck in the car together. All right. So green glass door. Allie, what no, are you loving? I am not loving green glass door. <laughs> I feel like I have m- bad memories of feeling so left out going crazy with that. I am loving costume parties because my sister is throwing her husband a surprise 30th birthday party this weekend and so my whole family is coming into town and we're all trying to figure out our costumes and the whole theme is riding dirty into 30 (laughs) (laughs) and he has a motorcycle he's you know stuff like that so you can come dressed up as anything you want to like, but it has to be a rider theme. Like you could be, uh, you could be a cowboy or a motor biker person. Um, I used to work the Baltimore water taxi. So I have that costume. I ride the water taxi. My sister-in-law is doing like full helmet, elbow pads and bringing a little tricycle. Like she's <laughs> a little kid bike rider. So you can get creative there. So what are you that. And be? there's going to be a mechanical bull for everyone oh, to nice. ride. <laughs> So what do you, what's your I don't costume? Know, I'm, I either have a biker outfit mm-hmm. or the water taxi. Mm. I might have my mom wear the water taxi you shirt need, though. You need a tattoo sleeve if you do the biker outfit. I know. My sister used to have a fake tattoo sleeve and I don't know where it went. Could have mm. used it. I do have some temporary tattoos I could wash on there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll rock them on Sunday morning at mass. <laughs> Little arm tattoos. Nice. <laughs> but that is what I'm loving. Just the anticipation of it all is fun. Fun to talk about and be creative with. 
So we, to get into our car rides worth of content today, we are in the fourth week of our new series, The Art of Group Talk. We are basing this whole series off of the books called The Art of Group Talk from Orange. So we talked about having better conversations with kids and preteen boys and preteen girls. So now we have reached teenage boys, which I think everyone in ministry, every parent, teacher who has teenage boys in their lives have a love-hate relationship with this age group. But there is no doubt it is a critical age to really keep them engaged, especially in faith, and give them a place to belong and help them find their role within the church. But even though it's important, teenage boys are a tough, tough sell. Mm -hmm. The majority of Catholic churches uh, are probably like ours in that we offer confirmation starting in ninth grade. So we have an influx of teens who haven't attended our programs before. So mm-hmm. this is the group where they probably haven't experienced small group a lot and we're throwing them into environments and saying, go talk, have fun. <laughs> and they've probably been culturally conditioned to think that what we do is like school. Mm. It's CCD, it's classes, it's classrooms. We're actually trying to get rid of... Or lame. Yeah, we're trying to get rid of the language of classrooms. Yes. We've gotten rid of CCD and class. Classes, yeah. Scum Although times. Some people still, still call it class. Emails. I still get those emails. I want to sign my but... kid up for confirmation classes. Yeah. Um, they also might think that there's an end date to their experience. So we're going through confirmation. Mm-hmm. This spring, I'm mm-hmm. done with it. Um, at least in their heads. That's what they're thinking. Yes. And they don't know how to sit around and have a conversation because they've never had to do that. Um, and they just don't sit well in general. They don't sit well in general. (laughs) They're generally insecure and hormonally crazy teenage boys. (laughs) You can call them crazy because you were once a teenage boy. I (laughs) was. Yeah. So every strategy that we can have with them is worth trying. So Mm -hmm. here are five things that we think work best and we'll go through all them in detail, but I'm just going to put them out there out front. First is eye contact. We'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. Movement. Number three, challenging them. Mm-hmm. Number four, asking lots of follow-up questions. And number five, setting firm boundaries. So the first thing, eye contact. We promote for all of our programs and our small groups, we promote sitting in a circle on the same level to all of our small groups. Leaders in the circle on the floor with them or that they're in chairs, but nobody's higher up than anyone else. Get everybody on the same level in a circle. It puts everyone on the same physical plane and allows you to see everyone's faces. Sounds great. Sounds great. However, <laughs> with teenage boys, eye contact is very challenging to them. Even when they're talking to you, they probably aren't looking at you. When they do purposely make eye contact, it's memorable because it's rare for a young man. So when we say one of the first key things is eye contact, it's really kind of the opposite of what you're thinking. We realized on kind of stumbling through this idea through our experience that boys will more readily talk in the car or around a fire or when they're playing games or shooting hoops. They'll be more open to talking when they don't have to make eye contact. So find some ways you can be together without necessarily having eye contact. Shoot hoops, go for a walk, sit around a fire, do a blindfold activity, go to an escape room, give them something to mess with in their hands, all those fidget spinners or different projects that they can do as they talk. Have food together. They definitely love that one. Use tricks to make the environment more conducive to them talking. Eye contact adds a layer of intimacy and pressure they may not be comfortable with, and that is okay. All right. So first tip, eye contact or lack thereof, I guess. (laughs) Second thing is movement. 
So boys, as Ali said, have a harder time sitting still <laughs> in general. Not every single boy, but generally boys have a harder time with this. That's always been true, but it's even more true now. I think COVID, all the electronic stuff, mm -hmm. shorter attention spans, even more true for this generation than it was for either of ours. So what can you do to incorporate movement into your group? There are tons of ideas that you could do. Um, one time when I was leading a group, I had them put a puzzle together and I will admit it's not the most successful thing I've ever done, but they did it for a few minutes while we sat around and talked and they didn't have to have eye contact and it was movement. Um, you can get a little mini hoop, like a Nerf hoop in mm, your, mm -hmm. your room and you can have them shoot on that while you talk. How about, um, doing four corners mm -hmm. where you can do like a, this or that. If you're, if you agree with this answer to this yeah, question, go to, to this corner, corner yep. or mm -hmm. that corner. Um, how about a prayer and activity that involves sitting, standing, turning, stepping as part of what they're doing as you direct them. Um, I've done push-up challenges to see who can do the most push-ups. We actually had that yeah, with I was our about house to say, band. I think that, that was more than teenage year. boys. A bunch of adults on Sunday yeah, mornings had their push A bunch of guys will do it. <laughs> um, you can go on a walk together. You can shoot hoops, throw a football or frisbee. Fidget toys may not work for every group, but they may work um, for yours. We have a bunch of Play-Doh in those little mm, Play-Doh mm -hmm. containers. That can be a good thing to put in their hands. Yeah, the old-fashioned slime. Now everybody makes slime, but Play-Doh is the original slime. I would say Play-Doh on carpet is not the greatest no, idea. That's so avoid pro that. tip right there. Don't yeah. <laughs> encourage that. Uh, how about you could do a wall sit? Everybody <laughs> has to sit. And uh, if you don't know what a wall sit is, look it up. Um, or just a game or team challenge with a point. So movement isn't just a concession that they can't sit still. It's actually biologically helps them to engage with what you're doing. And it doesn't have to be athletic because not every boy that you're going to have is going to be athletic, but um, you can do it depending on your group. And competition is also generally good as a strategy for boys, mm -hmm. um, even if it's who answers questions the most or mm -hmm. something. Give them something to compete over. Yeah, which leads us to our third strategy, which is challenging them. Teenage boys respond to challenges because they are trying to measure up. Competition is a great way to just utilize this, like a game of horse, which is a basketball game, or ping pong, or the Walmart game, or Legos, or online gaming. Play together. Another way to challenge them is through your questions. But you have to do this gently. Um, you don't want to force them, but you do want to push them to think. Yeah. I remember one conversation with my ninth grade boys that I had one time and we somehow got to talking about, um, transgender teens. I don't even remember how we landed on this. It was not the topic for the night, but I asked them what they thought about it. And they were for the most part fine with the idea that they're transgender peers of theirs. But then I asked them, what if a transgender boy, a girl who identifies as a boy, wanted to join our small group? And they were unanimously against it. Mm. So uncomfortable with it. They couldn't imagine it. They were squirming in their seats. So I pressed a little bit further and I asked mm. them why. Because you said you were fine with it, but then it became personal and was in our group. So what's the difference? And we got into this really good conversation. So mm. it was a way of kind of challenging them. But you... You have to like kind of Tread find lightly, those inroads yeah. and and like help them to think. Yeah. So you want to challenge them with competition. You want to challenge them in conversation. 
And one other way to do this is through the weekly action steps, sending them off with read a chapter of Proverbs each day this week, pray for peace in Haiti this week, write a letter to your parents asking for more freedom and responsibility. Will they do that challenge every week? Probably not, (laughs) but give them concrete, meaningful challenges anyways. Yeah. And I just to bookend that story, let me close that story. Yeah. I wasn't saying that that was something we were actually doing. It was just a, it, it yeah, was just a, a you stumbled upon the conversation. Yeah. That, that we started talking about. All right. So, uh, number three was challenging them. Fourth tip, ask follow-up questions. And this kind of was what I was doing when we had that conversation. So this is how I arrived at that conversation about transgender. I drilled into something meaningful by asking questions that weren't on our sheet for the night. And it's not easy to do this. It's kind of an art. Um, I tried week after week to do this, but I probably only had a couple of conversations Mm -hmm. that really stuck with the boys in my group. But this was another one. When they were in eighth grade, we got to talking about nudes. Those are the pictures that teens send and receive of themselves and others on their phone of you can probably guess what. Nude people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, I mean, it's very sad. It's an epidemic, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was ignorant to it. I was just learning about it. And so in that moment, I made this conscious decision to make them the experts. So mm. I asked them, I remember the question that I really hit home <laughs> with was, how many do you think that you get in a month? And they were kind of hesitant to answer. And like, I remember they tossed it to this one, but we'll ask him, ask him. He knows <laughs> he's the one that gets all of them. And, and so I just said, okay, just ballpark it for me. Just give me a number, like best guess. Um, and they said four, which I'm sure was actually lower than what they were receiving. Um, and they were in eighth grade at that point. They're oh. not even in high school. So the most tragic part of it was that they didn't see the moral implications of having mm. these girls, these pictures of girls stored in phone in their phones in secret places that they could use for their own pleasure later on. And I tried to get to that too by a- continuing to ask questions and following up. Well, what do you do with the pictures after you have them? Where do you keep them? Mm. Why, why do you need to hide them? What do you use them for? I mean, there are a lot of questions that you can ask to follow that up. It was uncomfortable, but they were willing to answer too. That was the crazy part. And they didn't think that they were doing anything bad if other boys sent the pictures to them. Uh, So it was just like so many different layers to this conversation. Oh, But it was lots of follow-up questions to get there. So the point in this is don't gloss over those tough topics. You have to get them to share. I really couldn't believe what they were telling me. And this was like three or four weeks in with this group. I was not like even close to them yet. So seek out the questions that they're inherently interested in because they clearly were interested as I started asking this. Don't worry about getting through all the questions that night when you Mm -hmm. find something, especially if you hit on something good. And then start asking what you're really afraid to ask. Those weren't things that I wanted to be asking Mm -hmm. them, but I was so curious to a point and a little bit afraid of what they were going to say, and then be specific and concrete. How many nudes do you receive in a month? Right? And try not to make moral judgments, but just help them mm-hmm. to arrive at those. So why do you hide them from your parents? Mm-hmm. Versus That's, you shouldn't be hiding them from your parents. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. When you want to ask good follow-up questions and you get into these tough conversations, you also have to be aware and prepared for your response to what you may hear that you may not be expecting at all, like your experience that night. You want to keep it a safe place, a trusting place. 
but yeah. also guide them <laughs> towards better decisions. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Well, number five is to set firm boundaries. Boys need boundaries from the beginning. We don't want to be a task maker, but be clear from the beginning of the year about why you are here, what a small group is, what you hope to get out of your time together, and how you all should act. And you can involve them in the setting of the boundaries and expectations. You can do this together as a group to be at the beginning of the year to come up with your own list together. And then you'll have them hold each other accountable. It's not always you calling that person out if you all did it together and you're all on the same page. But they'll be able to say to one another, Johnny, why didn't you put your phone in the box when he sees him sneaking a text message? Sign um, a covenant together and make it a little bit of a ceremony that makes it a little bit of a bigger deal. You can do something special to celebrate it, light a candle, whatever you may want to do. But having them physically sign something that they together wrote, I think is rare and makes it a little bit bigger of a deal to them. So be firm from the beginning of each meeting. Make those expectations clear. Make your role clear. And don't let it get so far that you lose control or you have to yell. You want to address it from the start so that it's easier to readdress it throughout the year as needed. We say our little process of discipline here is warn, move, remove. So strike one is a verbal warning. Strike two is moving them away from whatever is causing the distraction or the whispering, the giggling, the fighting, the craziness, move them to come on over here. Mike, sit next to me for the rest of the group. And strike three is removing them from small group altogether that day. Yeah. Or even just like sending them to the hall for a little bit mm-hmm. to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Not sending them home necessarily. I almost think it's worse. It's just, nope, yeah. just go you take a break. You could get to that point, but it's usually just removing them from mm-hmm. the group. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are our five tips for having great conversations with teenage boys, eye contact or lack thereof, (laughs) movement, (laughs) challenging them, asking follow-up questions, setting firm boundaries. And as always, Allie, we have one bright idea. We need a little light bulb. We do. Ding! Yeah, the noise. All right, so our one bright idea today is if you are one of those groups that's restricted to a single room, You know, it gets cold in Baltimore area in the winter. Can't really go outside. There's not a lot of other spaces for our groups to go to some weeks. So if you're restricted to that single room, get creative. One thing that I did one time is we roasted marshmallows over candles (laughs) and had s'mores. I thought you were crazy for that, but it worked. It kind of felt ridiculous, but it was kind of fun. I would say if you do that over candles, don't get scented candles because the (laughs) scent kind of goes into the marshmallows a little bit. Um, Or you can have ice cream novelties. That's a simple way to do Mm -hmm. it too. Get a Nerf ball or mini basketball hoop. Even a trash can would work for shooting a Nerf ball into. There are things that you can do, even if you have a little room that you meet in each week, um, to follow these tips, even if your space and your time is limited. So get creative, meet your boys where they are at. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We love you very much. Join us next time to conclude our series on the art of group talk as we dive into facilitating great conversations with teenage girls. 